Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint, as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another Beer-tastic voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Beer-tastic Voyage. My name is Kevin. I am Justin. Hi, Kevin. I am Mark, and it sounds like you took some caffeine pills. <laughs> no, I did not. I did Whee! not. I, uh, I had just woken up from a little nap before we were recording the previous episode, and uh, now that I've got a little liquid courage in me, ready to rock and roll, ready ready going for the day. I thought you were going to start, uh, you know, basically uh, um, doing the, the gonads and strife video from back in the day. <laughs> oh, my God. Motherfucker, wee! No, I'm, I'm not that jacked up. I just... Uh, now I'm now I'm ready to go. And plus today we have a style spotlight on one of my favorite styles. And coming into the warm weather, I'm really excited to highlight Gozes. Yeah, I I'm a big fan of them as well, as long as they're like as long as they are at least somewhat adhere to the actual idea of what it's supposed to be. Right, the style. Like when you have a when you have something that's like seven percent alcohol and you call it a goza, like that's that's right out. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm. I'm. Gl- this is a style that I've had a couple times before, and I like them. But I really have no idea about the guidelines for it and what it's supposed to be. Oh, I, I know. But so like I'm the, excited the to one, hear that info. Also, the one that I like the shit on is the uh, the Southern Tier Cherry Goza, which oh my god is fucking horrendous. And <sighs> I bought a six pack of it, and it became one of those beers where like for like. I don't know. I feel like at least four months. You were just trying to pawn it off on people. I was leaving it at people's parties, and like <laughs> the next time back. somebody had a party, like somehow that bottle would <laughs> migrate over yeah. to that party. Yeah, you would open that bottle, and you were like, "Wait a second! I don't have a cold. I don't need Robitussin." You're <laughs> yeah. like, and it tasted like it had like a harsh oh, alcohol yeah, aftertaste. It was just one that it was not good. It was you know like way too strong alcohol wise, which might not be a bad thing, but then. The cherry. Like, like the cherry and like just the way, cherries were grown in a lab. They way, were definitely way, never real. Way too much salt. Like way too much too, salt. Too much salt on the rim. <laughs> yeah, huge <laughs> grains of salt. <laughs> but um, so this one, I don't think we have any that are super salty. But um, so we have one from Avery Brewing Company called El Goza, which is from uh, Boulder, Colorado. Uh, one of the Destille Wild Sour series called Here Goes uh, Here Goes a Nothing, that is out of uh, Normal Illinois, and our local guys at work again, Blue Point Brewing Company, with their Beach Plum Goza. And when I initially saw this one out in the stores, I immediately sent a picture of it to Mark saying that after he had cultured that Beach Plum yeast, that I'm like clearly Mark, you have your finger on the pulse of the craft brewing industry on the island that you knew beach plums were where to go that, yeah that was the the new thing beach plums were the new black <laughs> <laughs> but um we have, we have the three I, of them poured out we have the three of them poured out the only one of these three that i have not had the beach plum one i have had the here goes a nothing from the from to steel and i just want to get out right in the front and say that we've had the blueberry one. Yeah. I remember we experienced it at one of the Belmont, yeah. one of the festivals, and we were raving about it. It was crazy good. So to be able to find it and have it a couple times since then, all the ones out of their Wild Sour series, I think, are really delicious. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the so, uh, series as a whole. I don't think I've had anything other than those from Steel, but 
I think I've had like one or two other things, but I couldn't tell you what beers yeah. those were. And as I usually do, as soon as I talk about a particular variety, I think I try to think of other ones that I've had that I really like. And I'm going to mention the Westbrook Goza. That's like a which, slam dunk. If you want, if you want to try this style, I mean, before we've had these, of course. Yeah. Um, that's the one. Like, yeah, drink that, and if you like that, you'll. You like Gozas. Yeah. Or if you're looking for another local option, uh, Spider Bite does right. the very good. It goes uh, in your mouth. Uh. Yeah. Or for some people, or mother. mother. <laughs> right. It goes in your mother? Yes. yes. No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> it doesn't fit. What? <laughs> That's the right way to start a fight in a bar. <laughs> in a bar. So um, I'm, I, I think the history of Go- the Gozas are pretty interesting. Um, you know, from what I, from what I understand, and this is off the top of my dome entirely. Um, it was basically a dead style. Right? It was, yeah. It, it died out in uh, 1966. The last uh, brewery that was producing it in, uh, uh, I think Leipzig, Germany. Okay. Shut its doors, and it was really? functionally dead for you know. 20 years or 30 Yeah, years. close to 20 years. And wow. in the 1980s, you know, craft brewers, like, came across, like, old records and descriptions of the beer. And they're like, that sounds pretty t- tasty. You know, I want to try making one of those. And Absolutely. It's just been gaining popularity since then. I think, you know, uh, aside from Berliner Weiss, like, chances are there's a local brewery near you that's making a Goza. Right. So... Like Berlin, I know Berliner Weiss is, and so Gozas are also. They're both kettle soured beers, correct? They don't necessarily have to be like traditionally. I don't think they were made in that way, but um, it is a um, safer way to produce them in a production brewery, okay. where you don't have to worry about cross contamination. All right. With your other beers from the lactobacillus bacteria. All right. On so, top of that, you can I think you can more reliably get the tartness you're looking for. Right. That's where, and that's yeah, always the that's yeah. another good point. Yeah. You got to get the consistent production out of it. Right. So just could you guys give me one of you guys give me a quick refresher on kettle souring because I don't I've never done it and I know you two have. Yeah. So, it, so kettle souring is one of the uh, most foolproof ways of quick- <laughs> those not watching there yeah. were air quotes involved yeah i feel like yeah, honestly i feel like people could hear yeah i think quotes, they could yeah. have heard, heard the squeak yeah <laughs> air quotes uh of you know re- reliably producing a beer with you know a ph that's down in the threes so like the lower threes okay i think most beer finishes after fermentation, I think most beer finishes in like the four to four and a half pH range. Okay. Yeah. So the the lower the pH number goes, for those that are unaware, it means that the, the uh, liquid is progressively more acidic. Okay. It's a logarithmic scale, so that means you know the difference between three point two and three point three is a, a factor of ten, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, look at that. Yeah. Oh, look at the big brains on Brad. I love pulling that one out. There you go. Um, Considering I can barely do arithmetic <laughs> to know that that's, that's what that means, I'm proud of myself. Yeah. <laughs> so from a, um, a, a process standpoint, the idea would be to brew your beer like you normally would, um, boil it briefly to make sure that there's you know nothing else going on in there. Kill any other bacteria. Yeah. Right, because there's a... Uh, plethora of microorganisms that are living on the grain so you want to either pasteurize or briefly boil the collected wort okay after the mash to make sure that there's nothing okay. 
nothing came along for the ride from oh. the grains. Right, and then at that point, but you the could, mashing process the mashing process wouldn't do that on its own. No, no, it doesn't get hot enough when you boil them. When you boil it to the mash, like it doesn't do that. You, do, you generally don't boil the mash. Okay, well, yeah. you can tell how many times I've done it. <laughs> I mean, there are times where like there are certain ma- mash methods where you will take a portion of the That's whole a decoction method, right? right? Yeah, where you bring it out, you boil it, and you dump it in, and right or. Okay. or you could also do it with a cereal mash where you're using like corn or rice or something like that. Okay. Where uh, you basically have to take those adjunct grains mm-hmm. and boil them separately in order to gelatinize the starch molecules. Okay. Yeah. That so makes that sense. the enzymes from the, the barley and other malts can mm-hmm. actually work on them to break them down into simple sugars. Okay. That makes sense to me. Yeah. So you were, so, so, so you're going to take this mash, you're going to boil it just enough to like, pasteurize like it. 20, like two, 20 minutes. Okay, get, just a couple a minutes. Yeah. yeah. And then um, you're going to cool it down to somewhere between 100 and 120. What do we do for the That's one still we did? pretty warm, right? We held it at 110. Yeah. That's still pretty warm, though, right? It is, but that's because lactobacillus bacteria. It, and it's Which is what you want in this now, right? Right. It, it prefers it warm generally between 100 and okay. 120 degrees but so you got a guest coming over so you got to set it up so that how the right. guest likes it right gotcha. so you and know, it, it depends upon which species of lactobacillus that you're using mm-hmm. where their preferred temperature range is so okay. if you're a home brewer and you you're, you know you want to look into this go to the milk the funk wiki mm. and read their sour warding article it'll yeah. give you all the uh the breakdown on this and you'll find links to their pages on lactobacillus where they tell you like, all right, the Swanson's probiotic pills have this strain, and this is the preferred. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I know. I've you've they talked are about lunatics. Them before. They are uh, yeah. unbelievably fucking insane. Like, That's <laughs> I cannot awesome. believe the level of dedication they have to it. It's it's unreal. And I've only like delved into a little bit of it, and then I find myself reading more about it. And with my obsessive nature, I'm like, now nah, let me let me do the regular brewing shit for a while before I yeah. I go down this rabbit hole. Lose my whole life, whole life to this, and start having like plates in my kitchen, like start doing slants of fucking bacteria. I'm, my whole life will be gone if I do this. I'll need four more refrigerators in my house. Yeah. What but, is this? Um, this is the lab. I have isolated all these cultures. Right. Yeah. You're gonna come downstairs. I'm gonna look like Rick from Rick and Morty. I'm just gonna be. Oh. Um, the CDC is gonna be knocking on your door. Yeah. Listen, that's actually yeah. a plague. Like, right. You can't, you can't have that. Yeah. How did you get that off of Plum Island? So. Um, I swim. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so at this point, you're going to pitch, um, you know, a relatively pure lactobacillus strain of your okay. choice, and you're going to hold that temperature. Um, we we have both have electric set up, so it's easy for us to hold a specific temperature, mm-hmm. um, and for a certain period of time. I mean, th- that time is really dependent upon how acidic you want it to get. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's basically yeah. a, a two taste as far as the recipe goes. You'll let the lacto work on it; it's going to sour. So the long, but the longer you let it hang out, the the, the, the lower, the, lower pH the pH is going to drop. Gonna drop. Okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously, That's pretty to, straightforward. To, to a point, to a point, of course. I mean, yeah, the, it, it's going to reach a, a well, terminal. Uh, yeah, it'll it'll get to a point where there, the, the, the pH kills drops. Itself. Right, right. The <laughs> pH drops so low that the lacto ends up killing itself. Okay. Yeah. Right. So suicidal suicide yeast. train. Um, so with what we did, we I think we let it go for what twelve hours or so, something like that. I think it was a little more than yeah, that. Or so, how often, so in that process, how often did you guys taste it? Never. 
Never. You just tried it at twelve hours and said, "Hey." <laughs> just showed up at yeah. twelve. Whatever we, whatever we said we were meeting, we showed up and tasted it. We're like, "All right, whatever, done." This is good. All right. We did measure the pH with a really shitty pH meter, okay. and it was basically no discernible drop. However, flavor-wise, you could tell right. it had definitely moved. So I, I needed a better pH meter, which I purchased yesterday. Okay. Um, but uh, that's the general idea of kettle souring. It's really uh, fairly straightforward when you have the equipment available to do it. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't seem completely unable to be done, like, in the home. Oh, no, definitely. It seems, like, really approachable to to home brewing. And the reason why it's so popular amongst craft brewers is it allows them to create some sour beer offerings because there are people like us that really love them. Yeah. But it doesn't, like, the turnaround time, it's only, like, an extra 12 hours from their, like, normal brew day. Right, which is nothing in compared to the months of souring for other things. Right, for for a, a mixed culture fermentation. Yeah, holding up space in your house, etc. Um, right. So, um, kettle, yeah, so kettle souring is definitely, I'm sure that all of these were kettle soured. I'd be shocked okay. if, if any of them were done another way. Especially with how tart it goes is. I think, like I said, it's probably one of the only ways to reliably get the level of tartness that you need for a right. real goza. All right, so we touched on what a goes is we touched a little bit on the process do you do we have some more history of it like other than that it went defunct for a little while like prior to that do we kind of know where it came from well it originated in Gosler, germany which is on the goza river okay and i i i believe that the the reason the salt character is in the beer is actually because the Gosler river is actually kind of brackish is it that far north in Germany yeah, that it's yeah. by the blo- um, It's what up is near the the, uh, the Baltic Arctic. Sea? Baltic? Yeah, geography. I don't know. I think it's yeah. Baltic. It's a sea. And but for those of you who don't know what brackish means, it's a mixture of salt and fresh water. Okay. Kind of like the Everglades. Yeah. I was going to make them go to Wikipedia. I, well, you know. I, Wikipedia's I'm a better person than Mark. That, so. <laughs> so F them in the A. But I, I believe that's originally where the salt character came from in the beer. Interesting. And, uh, you know, it's became um so incorporated into the style right that you know when brewers are making it now that they they add a bit of salt to it okay. just to get the um uh, n- it definitely enhances the taste but mm-hmm. it also has like a um amplifies the drying effect of the the acidity on the palate i think yeah definitely yeah. it definitely does um so in general, when we're looking for a goza, um, I, I mean, I know that they're straw colored, etc. What are the specific uh, um, stats that you're you're going to get from a, a goza as far as the BJCP is concerned? So the the BJCP says five to twelve IBUs. I okay. mean, it, it's very possible. That's really low. That's like almost yeah. In, I mean, that's only almost like we have to just put some in here, to right? Yeah. Like yeah. A raw hand beer, exactly. Basically, yeah. well, no, it's more of a legal. Oh, right. Good like, point. It, there's hops in there, so therefore we can call it beer. Right. I, I don't, you know, the. I, I'm kind of suspect man. of even there being that much in the way of IBUs in it. The ABV is uh, in the 4.2 to 4.8 range, so it's a little bit stronger than Berliner Weiss right. in that still, regard. Still in the sessionable range. Yes. It's funny you should bring up Berliner Weiss because I was reading in the history portion in the BJCP thing um, that apparently back in the day, they even added the syrups to gozes. 
Oh, really? Yeah, yeah kind of like in, in addition to Blender Vices. I gotcha. could see that. I could see how they're so close in style that you want to do that, that you could probably create some cool. Well, the other thing was, I mean, everybody wants, I mean, myself included, I always look back on shit and you're like, oh, you know, they, they, they crafted things a certain way back then. Nah, they had some shit in the bar and they were like, oh, yeah, we have a ton of Goza and no Berliner Vice, so let's... Can yeah, put the syrup in this and tell tell them it's a blender vice, and then people like it. And you're like, oh wait, no, it's a goza with the syrup. Yeah. So that's probably more probably more like what happened. Yeah, exactly. We had extra, so we did this. <laughs> yeah. Right. The uh, the color range for it is uh, going to be in the three to four SRM, which is like straw to yellow. In yeah. typical historical fashion, the BJCP has like the ranges for shit is right next to each other. Like you feel like it was almost impossible to make a beer that yeah. specifically fits this. All right. So, um, and then uh, the other uh, ingredient that is required for a goza that mm-hmm. we haven't touched on yet is coriander. Right. Okay. Do you have any idea why coriander? I, 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 wanted, I honestly this for don't. A long time. It, give, it gives it a hint of citrus. Yeah. So, is it coriander the seed or is it coriander the, the seed. plant? Like the part of the plant. The plant is cilantro, right? Yes. And when it goes in America, to, and right, and then when it goes to seed, it becomes. Coriander? Well, the seeds themselves are coriander. Oh, okay. I thought like you... Unless you're in the UK and then everything is coriander. Oh. Makes sense. They, they always try to make things difficult. <laughs> you know? Call everything the same thing, drive on the wrong side of the road, tax us into submission. I have to add use to words that don't need them. Yeah. Color. <laughs> yeah. Armor. <laughs> okay. So, let's get to drinking. The, fir- right, the, the first one on our list is the Avery Elgoza. Um, and this is a, uh, it's a sour. This one has lime and sea salt. Okay. So um, I'm thinking that they probably d- ditched the coriander on this one for lime, essentially. But maybe they didn't. Well, this one has to be closer to two. Oh, this, yeah. This is, this is it's like straw all day. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it is, it is the most pale straw color out there. And, you know, if you see your urine this color, then you're well hydrated. So you're doing okay. <laughs> you know, doctor's doctor's not going to be yelling at you. No, so th- this comes in at four and a half percent alcohol by volume. I don't get a lot on the nose. Do you? When I first poured it, I did. We had poured these out uh, a little bit ago, probably about fifteen minutes ago. Even when we first poured them out, I didn't get much in the, really? the nose. Really? I got a, I got a bunch of lime um, when we first poured. Yeah, it. I get a little bit more once I shake it up a bit, but there's still not a ton. It's a little bit. Yeah, okay. A little bit of lime, but nothing crazy. Yeah, it's not... Uh, it's definitely not the dominant... Well, I can't say dominant because they it's really just not all that aromatic. No, I mean, any aromatics there are basically the... You know, for me, at least, the lime. Flavor-wise, I mean, you get a really solid uh, tartness, but not um, not as tart as a lot of goes as I've had. It's not intense tartness. No. It's there, but it's not intense, and I don't pick up a lot. I don't get that kind of lick your lips saltiness. I think on the, this one, yeah, for me the lime um, is more powerful than the salt, and I really think they're mm-hmm. going for um, you know the margarita situation, which I think they they, they crush. It's yeah, they're very go- tasty. Yeah, I think they get that that margarita flavor, almost that uh, almost like an even an even lighter version of a Corona and lime. Yes, you know. If you could imagine lighter than that, like it's even lighter than that. <laughs> Minus the background skunk. Yes, the background right. skunk, and also uh, with the addition of um, you know salt, 
Because there's definitely salt there, but it's not. Again, I'm, I think for all of us, at least, and definitely for me, the Westbrook Goza to me is the like standard of Goza when I when I mm. taste when I, I compare it to that to see how close to Goza it is in my mind at least. Right. Um, and this one is salt wise is not even in the ballpark. Right. Well, no. that and that goes back to what I was saying in the beginning, like when the salt is done properly and it's just there to accentuate the flavors that are present and it doesn't become the flavor. Right. I don't think it needs to be, I don't want it to be the flavor of it, but I do kind of like it when it stands out a little bit in the profile. Does that make sense? No, no, like, that's I want fair. It to be. I want it to be identifiable yes. and clearly there so that, because I kind of like that, I'm a salt and vinegar, you know, potato chip guy. Like, I like to be able to have the salt and be licking my lips afterwards and be like, mmm, salt, like, I don't like that. <laughs> you know, like, I, I'm, an, I'm an idiot like that, but you know exactly. Justin, you cannot laugh at me right now because I know you know exactly I know, what I'm I know talking about. I know I'm not laughing because of what you explained. I'm asking in the way that, I'm laughing because of the way you explained okay, it. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm that was, it. it was explained perfectly. Okay. There was nothing wrong with it. Good. It just... It was really funny. Like, delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, you know, I understand. We have a guest there today. It's Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, I was going to say that reminds me that apparently Amazon Prime is like rebooting Rocky and Bullwinkle. No fucking way. Really? Really? Yeah. Do you think they're going to do it like old school legit? Or you think they're, it's going to be like... Uh, yeah, like, they, yeah, no, I, like I, I watched the trailer for it. Oh. The, like, it's definitely... Uh, the animation style definitely rings truer to like the old sixties. Oh, like, okay. so cool. Yeah, so, like, like that. You know, really that cell animation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. yeah. With okay. the less fluid movement. I can't wait to see how they do the Baron. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah. So that oh, that just happened to remind me of that. <laughs> Makes sense. That that's uh, exciting news. Um, Boris, we must get Moose and Squirrel. <laughs> Boris, bad enough. Yeah. All right. So the second one we have is well, the... we gotta we gotta rate this. Bitch. Oh, we do have to rate it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm rushing. Through don't it. don't worry about it. I, I'm excited about I the next one the as next well. One. I know. Um, I think for me, this one's gonna be a pint. It's good. It's clean. But as I said, it doesn't leave me licking my lips, wanting more to go with it. So no, I agree with you. For, so like, for my goes a, for my rating on this one, I'm gonna go with just a pint. I'm I'm with you. I. I like it, mm-hmm. but it, it's really, it just doesn't check off all the boxes of, like, refreshing. I want to have another one for me. Right. I understand that. How about you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rate it a bomber. Um, I don't like it for a Goza. Like, if, I, if you said, I like I want a Goza. Right. I don't, I, that's not, this isn't what I would pick. But I do really enjoy the lime character, like, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I do find it to be pretty pretty refreshing. Um, definitely a lawnmower beer for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, two of them. Uh, I'm pretty, you know, pretty ready to rock. I mean, I could drink way more than two of them, but that's probably where I would would end it before I switch to something else. Right. I would also say for me on this style, this is a style I would want served really cold. Yeah. I. It's not a style I would want to warm up and serve it like you know just below room temperature. Like I want these out of the cooler. With yeah. Mo, yeah, with mo, with most things that are sour, if they're if they warm up too much, yeah. I, from the sourness doesn't. Uh, it doesn't stick around. The tartness isn't quite as crisp. Yeah. Or to use a phrase I picked up from a video I saw earlier today, in New Zealand, they refer to a cooler as a chili bin. 
Do they really? <laughs> Which I think is way better. So I want these fresh out of the chili bin. Yeah, I'm like a four-year-old. As soon as you said chili bin, I started to think of ways that I could like, you know, use that in gross, weird, sexual ways. But <laughs> no, doesn't work. How about you, Mark? Where's your rating on this one? No, I'm with you. I'm a. It, it's a, a pint? pint for me. Okay. Yeah. It uh, is good, but it it doesn't want me to doesn't make me want to come back for another. Right. Makes sense. The uh, the next one we got coming up is the Steel, which I know that uh, Kevin is very excited for. Yes, side, am... side by side, this one's probably a shade or two darker. Yeah, it's a little, I, I w- little bit more, a little like light goldish than straw. Yeah, I would put this one as the at the three spot. Maybe well, I think half. I think the 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 Avery is like three, and then the so you think the Steel is like maybe three and a half? Okay, I think it's I don't I don't still think this is not quite yellow. Really? See, when I think yellow, I think more I don't of, know what you poured, but I mean, Kevin and I both poured the beach plum into. I know you the did. Chalice. This, this is a one hundred percent not the beach plum. Oh, yeah, I, I know which order I put it in. Well, I've always had the big glass in the middle. Yeah. Because yeah. this is definitely the beach plum. The Avery one is uh, a little hazier, and that might be why you think it's darker. that much darker. Okay, I'm saying it's a lot lighter. The Avery one. Yeah, but I still don't think this is quite a 4 SRM. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to have to go run into my room to go get my shirt, so <laughs> I'm just going to agree with you guys. I'm good with all of it. I can give a shit what color is. It smells amazing. So, yeah, the smell on the on the Distille. See, I'm, I, don't, I don't think it's quite a 4. No, I, I can agree with Mark. I will, I will concede to Mark, and I will concur with him. The the nose on this one is great. Yeah, I it's, love it. You can smell the, you the can tartness. smell the tartness. To me, I almost get like a pear kind of scent to it. Um, and it smells like the beach. Yeah, it's it pretty. Smells, it smells like the beach. Yeah. I mean, you, you, get that, you get the salt mm-hmm. um, in the aroma a lot. Um it sounds weird to say that about a beer. I know a lot of people who maybe aren't, you know, haven't had one of these before. We're describing these things, and you've got like, Jesus Christ, what do they do to the beer? Yeah, it all works together so well—the tartness and the salt. Yeah. Oh. Um, I know green apple is a signature off flavor, but to understand the kind of tartness, yeah, it's definitely that, that you have in here yeah. is. If you get a really tart Granny Smith apple, that's the kind of tartness that you're experiencing in this beer for anyone who hasn't had it before. I think that's – this one, I think, is a little more pear flavor, but it's that that kind of intensity. I need to eat to more it. pears. And we've come up with that a couple times now. Yeah. But, yeah, like to me, I think that's just the best everyday equivalent of how sour this, this beer is. Yeah, I, I agree. It, the first thing I thought of after it finished um, – I finished swallowing was Granny Smith apple. Yeah, the uh, how crisp it is, and then how tart it is while you're drinking it and swallowing. You're like, hmm, you know, I can't imagine having any more of this. And then it finishes with with a little saltiness, and you're like, nah, I need some more of this. Right, and that that just keeps rinse and repeat. Uh huh. And next thing you know, you slam the whole can, and then you and then you sit there and you go like, hey. I'm good. Like I've and you're like, no, no, I'm grabbing another one. What? Like, and it just repeats itself till you're out of this beer. Yeah, I, I like it because it the uh, it, their perception is just so super tart mm-hmm. that it is very refreshing to me, and that's why I love Newberg's Checkpoint Charlie. 
which I mean, it's a blender vice, but right. you know, it's just so aggressively sour that like I drink the can. I'm like, all right, I need another one. <laughs> like I'll dr- easily drink my way through the four pack of those. Yeah, and, and those, I've and, seen you. Do and, that. The, and those are the 16 ounce cans. Right. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's only you know it's less than four percent alcohol. Oh yeah, so it's okay. Right. Right. This one I really like. The only thing that does get to you by the end is that the in, the entire inside of your mouth is puckered. By the yeah. time you have like the second can, you're kind of like, all right, I feel like the what? It's the inside of the mouth equivalent to like raisin fingers from being in the water too long. <laughs> like that's what happens to the inside of your mouth. It, but it's so it's so worth it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh man, the, like oh. when I think Goza, this is what I think. It's still yeah. not it's still not as sharp as the Westbrook, no. meaning like uh, tartness wise. Um, which maybe for some people maybe a positive, and it's not a negative to me. They're just they're different. No, um, it's I think it's just a variation in a variation in creativity there. Yeah, I, I could I could probably drink more of this in a sitting than the Westbrook so, for that reason. So what would you go with as a rating for this one? This is a growler, easy. It's almost a keg, um, but uh, I don't know that I could, you know, have a keg of of uh, anything this tart around um, and get and get through it quickly. But so it's gonna uh, growler sixty uh, sixty four ounces of this, and uh, yeah. I'm in. How about you, Mark? I'm with him. It's a growler. Yeah, I'm going with the trifecta. Like this beer is on a given day, I want to crush a ton of them. Yeah, then... especially now that it's starting to feel like spring outside. Oh yeah. Yeah, now that spring has finally arrived oh, to Long Island. Yeah, um, in May. Yes, that you know we can we can start hanging out outside and start drinking these. Yeah, this is this is my my this style is my lawnmower beer. Right. So the last one we have is Blue Point's Beach Plum Goza, which looks like fruit juice. It's got almost like a pear, like a yeah, there's like that, a peach juice or it, it, juice coloration to it. The uh, the beach plums definitely had a noticeable effect on yeah. the color. I will say yours looks much darker than mine does. I, you know what? I think that's uh, oh, you guys have the same glass too. Yeah, yeah okay. I think maybe you have more. Um, maybe I got the bottom of the can. You got the top yeah, of the can. Yeah, that's the exa- exactly. And, and mine looks like it's right in the middle. Yeah, that's surprising. <laughs> so I guess there's some uh, variation in there. Yeah, yeah, some stratification. Yeah, some settle something settled a little bit, but. Aroma wise, it just looks like fr- it looks like fruit nectar to me. It does. Aroma wise, you're definitely getting the the plum on the yeah. nose. That's the the overriding thing. I don't I don't know about anybody else. I don't detect any 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 tartness on the nose, or maybe very very little. Yeah, I don't get a whole lot of tartness. I get a little bit of that fruit it, flavor. Yeah, it, it's it kind of acts as like a background note to enhance the uh, the fruit aroma. Yeah. I, even flavor wise, that this isn't super super tart, and you know, to be fair, in this in the guidelines, it, it, there is a range of tartness. Yeah, this is definitely the least tart of the three that we've had. Today. Yeah, yeah, um, which is saying something because beach plums are highly acidic. Mm-hmm. So, and also, I know there's, you know, beach plums come in different colors, but um, generally, what I think of is like the dark purple, right, color. So if that is in fact the the type that they use for this, like it's got to be relatively low on mm-hmm. the, the fruiting. I usually think of ratio. peach plums as kind of like a really dark, like a really dark orange color. Am I thinking of the same fruit? I know that they come in a few different colors, but 
I feel like the ones that I saw out at Montauk a couple of years ago were all like oh, really see, dark orange. Uh, you know, pretty much everything. Well, they do actually. They go through. Um, it might have just been the time in of the year. ripening. Yeah, they do okay. go through a color progression. When they're ripe, though, like there yeah. there are a couple of different varieties, but like all the ones on Fire Island that I saw, right? When I was walking around mm-hmm. uh, last the end of last summer. They when ripe, they were all this like really dark, purpley bluish okay. color. Yeah, they have. There's some that are white. Like I know there's a, a, right. vari- a variant that's white also. Okay. Um, as I drink this, while you guys were talking, I decided to take a couple more sips and just see if it built. And the, there's a tartness that builds on the side of my tongue a little bit. Um, it becomes kind of more, um, more tart as you as you drink it. It's still not the steel tart. No, it, um, but it there gets is there. a tartness there, but yeah. it's nowhere near as aggressive as. The, the steel. Yeah, and, you know, I think that, I mean, honestly, I think it would appeal to a broader audience, um, that level of tartness, which is good. It's um, definitely more of an introductory. It's a go, go it's Fisher Price, my first Goza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, to me, there there is a tartness that's that does build up. Um, I'm getting it on the back sides of my tongue. Um, I want there to be more of it. I like it. I kind of like the sweetness. I like that it's a little bit changed from the... Um, I think it paired well after having the, the last one that is so tart. Right. Pardon me. To then going to this one, I think makes sense. But I feel like almost you could make a a better one somewhere in the middle. Of get a little more sweetness into the other one. Take some, have a bit more or just let this one sour a little bit more. Yes, I see the picture. Mark's pointing out that the picture on the can has dark purple plums. Yes, in there. And um, uh, just looking at the can, I I realized that uh, they apparently also use um, locally harvested seaweed in this as well. Oh, to get their salt character. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm guessing. Okay, that's pretty cool. Interesting. They also add uh, some lemon peel in here in addition to the coriander. Huh. All right. They're definitely making a more round flavor. Oh, and it's also a 4.1% alcohol. Okay. So I feel like Blue Point was definitely going for a much more rounder flavor that they don't want that intense sour to it. They want a little bit of it, but they want to have a fuller body of flavor in there. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does you make know, sense. The other ones kind of sing a little bit more of the one note really well, and this one's trying to have a bit more depth to it. Um. The I think the beach palm was a good addition to the style. I'd agree that I would like it to be a little bit more tart. Um, that being said, I know at least definitely Mark and I are, you know, we, we strip we, the yeah. enamel from my teeth. Yeah, if, if we want you to try to hit the city as kind of as low as you can. Right. Um, but uh, I think that this is it's a pint for me because of the lack of tartness. Right. But I also think it's a really good idea and a really good beer to put out to market. In particular, for um, you know, craft beer drinkers who maybe go, "What's a goza?" Oh, yeah. If, if you so if you didn't know what a goza was at all, and mm-hmm. someone gave you the distill with no like explanation of what you should expect, yeah, it's kind you, of a punch in the face. You might think it really went bad. Like you really might think, like, "What? Like this can't be what it was supposed to be." Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I will. I un, I will second those impressions. I I understand exactly what you're saying. And I think they're right on point. Um, because it's not quite as tart as i would like it as well i think this one's going to also fall into the the pint for me how about you mark 
I'm gonna go one step up from you guys and call it a bomber. It's definitely, I definitely would like some more tartness, mm-hmm. but I also still enjoy it, and I'll I'll drink the two glasses easily. Yeah. Now these these come in the uh, the tall boy the sixteen ounce cans, and I yeah really, that, that's, that's a good size. That's like the spot on size, like you know. And again, uh, as you know, I always like to you know picture when and where I'm drinking this beer, and this is a, a hangout beach barbecue beer. You know, yeah. Hang out on the beach with a bunch of these How in the chili boy and be in good. A can. <laughs> What's that? I said it in how convenient. It's in a can. Yes, exactly. No need to worry about those glass rolls. Right, which is which is smart. Yeah. Especially on Long Island with how much time you can spend on a beach. It is a it's a good move. I, I always like the idea of the sixteen ounce cans when you have a beer that's this low ABV. Yeah. Because you, you can drink sixteen ounces of this mm-hmm. without without a problem. Um it just allows you to carry less shit. You know, yeah. you don't have to, instead of carrying two more cans, I have a four pack. Yeah. Um so I guess now it's on to the crucible of doom, huh? It is. Doom. Oh boy! Oh boy! I have headphones on, so I'm sorry for everyone else. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> There's a lot of synergy happening there. All right. So our first category in the crucible of doom is most interesting, correct? Well, best tasting. Best but we tasting. Can start with most interesting. Let's start with most interesting. Most interesting. For me, the most interesting one is going to be the blue point. I like that peach flavor to it. I think it has the most depth of character in across the three that we tried today. And having those extra adjuncts in there gives it a little bit more variety. So to me, it's a little more interesting than the other two. I agree with you. It's definitely got the most going on. Um, the, uh, the steel is good, but it's one note as is the the avery the avery is just kind of one note with it's got the lime in there but it's still just kind of one lime right (laughs) the the beach plum has a little bit going on there like you said because it's got the lemon peel in addition to the coriander and also you get some savoriness from the seaweed Mm -hmm. huh what do you think justin um i'm trying to figure this out i can see you you it when you when you agree with us, you usually hop in yeah. pretty quick. But if not, there's a. It thought. doesn't because on paper, I would say you know just by looking at them that the beach plum is the most interesting because of exactly what you said. There's mm-hmm. definitely a lot of flavors going on. They're a little muddled for me, which I was leaning towards saying that the Avery was the most interesting because of that lime note. Okay. So I kind of just had them both side by side, and um, I got swayed over the the, the beach plum, the the beach plum goes is definitely more a more interesting version. Um, of a goza, I, I'm getting more of the lemon peel now that it's warmed up a little bit. Right. Um, definitely a little more complex. So yes, so we can we can have a we can have a full three way. Um, High fives. <laughs> and uh, the beach plum goza is the most interesting. All right. Best tasting. I'm very interested in. So, Mark, best tasting. Go. Best tasting. Definitely going with the the steel. I because I I like the aggressive sourness, and that. It really just, you know, tickles me the right way there. Yeah, I'm gonna second that. The the steel one it for me, it, for me out of these three is the best tasting. I, I really like the one. Yeah, it's a it's a runaway. That one's not even close. The steel is, uh, and again, obviously this is based on our preference, and you know, it's our preferences to uh, don't agree. Attack our mouths. Fight me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, bring Prefer- it, bitch. Preferably verbally or uh, 
you know, in an email. Or Honestly, at this point, feel, getting, f- feel free to start a flame war getting, with us on getting, Twitter or something. Some Bring geese. the chess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you see me and you want to stab me over it, I'll know someone listened. Um, <laughs> see, but that's not true because, you know, people people find Justin. I, no one no one has no one has ever mentioned it to me. So I, that's why I feel a little left out. But I know that you both of you guys have gotten like, oh, you guys do that podcast. Yeah, I recognize the voice. Yeah, that has not happened to me. That makes me a little sick. Yeah, well, it's, you know, when you, when you sound like a, a fucking dying walrus, I guess <laughs> people recognize what you sound like. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think that the last part of the Crucible of Doom closest to style in this particular case is sort of uh, um, lopsided, so to speak, considering we, two of these are clearly not, like, done to style. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, can we refresh... Could you just remind me what the the style is again? So the the overall impression is a highly carbonated tart and fruity wheat ale with a restrained coriander and sea salt character and low bitterness. Very refreshing with bright flavors and high attenuation. So the aroma should be uh, light to moderately fruity with uh, maybe some stone fruit. Mm. Light sourness, slightly sharp, noticeable coriander. And which can have an, uh, a lemony quality to it. Light, bready, doughy, yeasty character like uncooked sourdough bread. The acidity and the coriander can give a bright, lively impression. Salt may be perceived as a very light, clean sea breeze character or just in general uh, freshness if noticeable at all. I'm bouncing back and forth between the Avery and the, the Steel for this one because I feel like when you look at those characteristics the Avery one does hit, hit a lot of those notes to me the addition of the lime excludes it immediately no I mean it would just yeah. put it into a fruit fruit beer right right so I, but it's not to, so it's not to this style no but I mean more than the fact that distill actually distill and Westbrook make unadulterated gozes is the rarity I agree. I agree with you. You know, most craft brewers are putting some kind of fruit in there. Right. For the ladies. (laughs) (laughs) And that's and to and to uh, to to take a page out of uh, our buddy Paul Compsick's book, this is definitely you know, it's a little bit of a stretch in particular to steal, but in general I think a a white wine drinker type of type of beer, kinda sorta, especially maybe the beach plum. Um Let's put it this way: yeah. if, if your wife doesn't like beer, it's, this isn't this isn't beer. <laughs> like it's beer, but it's not what everyone thinks of a beer. So we could flip potentially flip a palate with it in, in an odd instance. I'm trying to work at the end of the day into something here, but I can't. So I'll just say that <laughs> I can I can say that uh, um, Paul was very responsive on uh, Instagram over my uh, hashtag flipping palates. <laughs> nice. Oh yeah. He's like, oh man, I love it. <laughs> Um. No, I I understand Justin your your statement that the the fruit um, adjunct would exclude it from the category, in that sense. Um, but taking a not quite so literal interpretation of it. Um, well, that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, right. you got to look at it like, okay, does it hit the mark for the base style, and can you taste lime? I don't think it hits the mark for the base style because I don't, oh, no? I don't get any salt. Yeah, let me go back, see if I can. All right. Let me, uh, so if we reread the flavor here, 
It's a moderate to strain, but noticeable sourness, like a squeeze of lemon and iced tea. Uh, moderate. All right, pause there for a second. I will say that both of them hit that. That first statement, I think both of them hit that. Moderate sour, at least moderate sourness <laughs> with a little hint of lemon. Okay. Moderate bready slash doughy malt flavor. Yeah. Light to moderate fruity character of palm fruit, stone fruit, or lemons. Light to moderate salt character up to the threshold of taste. The salt should be noticeable, particularly in the initial taste, but not taste overly salty. So in that sense, I will say that the that the Avery did not have that. Yeah, I don't, I, when, I that. when we first said it, I wanted, I wanted more of that salt. So if going through that, then I'm going to go with the Distille being the best example of style to me. I can get behind that. The Distille is slightly above the alcohol range for the style, mm-hmm. but as the BJCP often reminds, the, these are guidelines and not uh, specifications. Right, exactly. Like if you if you if we if we took a sip and we were like, "Damn, that's hot!" Like that would be that would be different. Like, oh my god, it's thirteen percent alcohol. Yeah, like loss. like how like how did you make an Imperial Goza? <laughs> well, I mean, an Imperial <laughs> Goza. Goza. Is, that would an be Imperial, Imperial Goza, Goza is yeah. like seven percent alcohol. So yeah. Um. So that sounds like yeah. we uh, we picked the Distille as their uh, as both the best tasting and closest to style. Yeah. And that's not to say that the Avery is a bad beer. Um, I do think that if we had it a little bit colder, it would have definitely helped it out a little bit. But uh, as in a lot of judging, you want to make sure it at least warms up a little because, um, you know, not that we're looking for off flavors in these commercial styles necessarily, but in general, a beer's flaws will, will come out as it gets a little warmer. I will say as it warmed up, I enjoyed this them less. Oh, definitely. Um, it's over the course of the episode. For me, it, it's a cold drinking um, style. Right out of the chili box. Right out of the chili box. <laughs> All right. Well, we we uh, I I did not, but uh, we have uh, Mark and Kevin have done a mixture, and this is what I want. <laughs> this is what I I want to sweeten it. I want that little bit of extra sweetness from the beach plum, and still have a significant tartness like we get from the distill. Yeah, and I also get the, uh, you know, the that initial salt impression on the tongue mm-hmm. comes through now. Ah. Yeah. So, here, I'm even going to pass it over to Justin because I want him to try this one. Let me see what we got going on. But I think that, like, to me, and this is something, this is kind of, to me, this is the kind of goza that you would get from a lot of, uh, what? (laughs) That's fucking crazy. Right? It really is. I feel like this is the kind of goza you would get at a lot of craft breweries that, hey, we made a goza, we fruited it up a little bit to make it a little more accessible, but it's still distinctly sour, still got that little saltiness in there. I... This worked out pretty damn good. <laughs> I feel like it. Uh, like it went through the progression. It was like, okay, we got beach plum, and I think even think the lime from the the Avery like yeah. lifted the beach plum up a little bit, and then you still got the the tartness from the distill, but in a slightly restrained way. So it was pretty yeah. good. I think this this one might be my. I might have enjoyed this in the mix the most <laughs> out of the three, but the the distill really is um, just fantastic. Like I love finding those and drinking them. We got uh, we have collaborations now in every single style profile because we just mix the three together. We're doing our own collaborations. There you go. Blend in the glass. It's <laughs> it's better than you know making up relationships for people on you know on fan fiction websites. <laughs> yes, shipping. It definitely is. Sure. So uh, it, it's but pretty that's essentially what we're doing. It is. 
in our bellies. <laughs> it's pretty apropos that we had the uh, Blue Point Beach Lum Goza here because Mark and I uh, recently received a uh, pretty big honor. Um, we we, roll, talk, we talked we talked about kettle souring and we kettle soured a Lichtenhainer that was entered into the LIBME Pro Am competition and it was picked to get brewed at uh, Blue Point. Twenty two and a half barrels of it. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Wow. Woo! So it's pretty dope. So, Mark, tell everyone a little bit about a, a Lichtenhainer that we named Lich King because I could not spell it in a fucking text, so I just kept yet. calling it Lich King. Yeah, so uh, if you didn't join us at the Blue Point Cast Festival... Which I'm sad to say I was not there. Yeah, uh, we were serving it with LIBME at the event, which is where we actually found out that we had won. And uh, so, I mean, it was, it was great because I thought I was going to have to wait another week and a half for the club meeting to find out. Right. So, remind us what a Lichtenhainer is. So, a Lichtenhainer is uh, another northern German style that had pretty much died out. Right. I feel like it's still pretty pretty dead. I mean, we might have, we might have I, made I one. I had but. never heard of it before. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, it, it's at least um, there's been enough interest in it where the BJCP added right. the uh, d- description in the uh, 2015 guideline update. And it is, in a nutshell, it is a smoked Berliner Weiss. Okay, so you smoke the you smoke the a portion of the malt as you would make on Berliner Weiss, or you substitute it. Or? Right, right. So we in in our beer we used uh, you know roughly forty six percent of the entire uh, weight of the malt was uh, smoked. Either that's a lot, isn't it? Forty six percent. Yeah, it, it is. That's a, lot. a shitload. Yeah. Uh, either. Uh, uh, we had a couple of pounds of rye that was smoked over oak, and then you the, guys put rye in a beer. Never, no I way. could not have believed that. And that's, right. It's the same rye we used for the Roggen beer that was made for uh, the Nanocast Festival. We had some left over because okay. we, we might have oversmoked the fuck out of that. But nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> and then uh, the the rest of the uh, smoke balance was uh, made up with the cherry smoked barley. Okay, awesome. So as pro am. LIBME champions, does that get submitted anywhere else now? It has a one in four chance. To, there are four pro-am competitions between with, with Blue Point and LIBME. Okay. The, one of those four beers will be selected by Blue Point, whichever one they think will do the best to get submitted to um, the GABF. Okay. For the pro-am. So so that would be f- like Muscat Love when Muscat Love won the pro-am. Right. So this is the first of the four for the year? Then? No, this is the last one. Last one. All right. Let's let's knock on wood for recency bias. <laughs> all right. And, you know. It's all, it, I mean, we also, I'm, I'm hopeful that we also have kind of a, a leg up being that it, is a very interesting beer yes. style. Like, you know, uh, and actually, uh, Chris Dolan, who's one of the brewers at Blue Point and also a LABME club member, at some point in the past actually was able to brew uh, a Lichtenhainer at Blue Point. Really? Yeah. So they've it, done a li- the style they, they, before. They've done it before. That's uh, cool. it, the name of it was uh, Wayne Grotsky, I yes, think. Yes, it was. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, he was he was telling me about this, so I went on Untapped and like found the beer to go through the reviews. And yeah. you know, he was the impression that I got from him was that it wasn't really all that well rated overall, but it, it definitely had like more than three and a half stars. Okay. But some of the comments that people put in their uh, ratings were pretty interesting. Yeah, like <laughs> it just t- t- tastes like hot dogs, but I can't stop drinking it and things like that. <laughs> Yeah, it's apparently become known as the hot dog beer. Right. But, uh, you know, 
to describe how it tastes, it's basically equal parts tart, kind of like the Goza we had today, mm-hmm. but not quite as tart, and smoky. And when we first talked about doing it, I thought I thought for sure one of them would win. One of them it would either be tart and then some smoke, or be a smoke bomb and then have some tartness. Yeah, I'm personally extremely impressed at how balanced those two things are in this beer, especially being that it has you know almost fifty percent smoke malt. Yeah, and it plays the two flavors really like kind of like battle out on your palate so like yeah. the the impression kind of like moves back and forth on the spectrum from one to the other i, w- I will agree with it. that i will also say that i think this is the same beer that i'm thinking of that when i first tried it i was like oh boy way too much smoke in there but that it had chilled out a little bit towards the uh the last time we had tried it or, or am I confusing? I, I, yeah, you might be I think confusing, you might be thinking confusing of one of his the, uh, smoke porters. My smoke porter, I think, is, is the one you're thinking of. No, no. I'm, no, I'm thinking of the Roggen beer. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I'm oh, sorry. yeah, yeah. From the Cast Festival to the Growler. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was when it had chilled out, and I was like, oh, I like this a lot more when yeah. it had chilled out um, at the Cast Festival, unfortunately. That one just wasn't my thing. No, well, it wasn't my yeah. thing either, and I fucking made it, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm incredibly excited for you guys. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, and it's going to be a great experience. It's a huge, giant ostrich feather in your caps. 20, 22 and a half barrels is all I keep thinking to myself. That's Tremendous. How many swimming pools is that? I don't know, man. It's, <laughs> fuck, it's, it's way we said we'd never do that again. <laughs> Somebody out there is having PTSD. They said swimming pools. That's fucking it. <laughs> delete iTunes. Delete. Oh, no. um, there so, are two listeners. <laughs> right. So, yeah, look for that. We'll tell you more details when we have them. Um, but, uh, yes, it was a great honor and I can't appreciate it anymore. So as, uh, as we always do with the style spotlights, please go out, try a Goza. Tell us what you think about it. Or if you've already got a favorite, let us know what it is. Yeah. Tell us about it so that we can go out and try it because we're always looking for another great example, especially of this. And if you think I'm wrong about the Southern tier cherry Goza. Then you're then you, know, you should stop. Me, you should no. You should stop listening. Just don't even tell us. Just yeah. del- just delete the the feed because I can't talk to you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Cheers. I think that's. The I'm getting right. really fucking aggressive now with the <laughs> listeners. All right. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. Fight me, bro. Cheers. If you enjoyed Beertastic Voyage, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to review and rate us. The guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash voyage and Twitter and Instagram at Beertastic Show, or send them a good old-fashioned email at beertasticvoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and cheers for local beers. <laughs>